I'm saying is complicated group things end up with stolen babies. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, all at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbor. Let's get the neighbor. Uh, hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We are Recap Neighbours, the Aussie soap. We watch at Aussie pace, which is almost a month ahead of the UK for the moment. And we'll get to that. I'm Vaya. I am in Melbourne's Pirate Net Studios. I have a lot of trouble suspending disbelief. And I have connected to now, Ned's laptop, which is currently stationed at the back at Harold's, but he's still got his subscription to the Hive podcasting software, and I have connected to Kate, also known as at Remute on Twitter. Hello. Hi, everybody. I, I feel like Ned would just have written down all the passwords and will just continually mooch off the Hive until forever. Oh, yeah. Like when, I'm, um, when I leave one freelance gig and after a while I'm like, I wonder if I can still get into the Macquarie Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> you just try That's for a while. And... The saddest thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate, we were going to record in our cars and then we remembered it was July in Melbourne. It's cold. And look, to be honest, it's cold in the room I'm in at the moment, but I've got my um, heated throw rug over my knee and I can't have that in the car. Yeah, I've got a heat pack. Well, I want to get stuck into Neighbours Council business. Sweetie, it's just business. I feel like I need to immediately talk about the new format of neighbours viewing in Australia. We're getting 20% less neighbours a week now. And I know it's annoying for a lot of people, like they want to wind down on a Friday evening with a neighbours episode. But for someone who... But I don't know. I was going to say, speaking as someone who's done a neighbours podcast now for seven years, mm-hmm. I'm kind of okay with it. What do you think? Oh, yeah. It's a nice, luxurious pace. It's like a long weekend every weekend. But I actually found myself slowing down the process a little bit and really marinating in the episodes because I didn't want it to suddenly be over. So I just let myself watch the recaps. I let, you know, I let some of the ads play. and So it's kind of like tantric neighbours <laughs> for you. Ew, I don't want to think too deeply about that. But <laughs> I don't mind the little bite-sized week. If it gets us close to the UK. Yeah. Look, obviously we only want this to be a temporary measure, don't we, until the end of the year. Yeah, we are one other item of business is extremely sad, extremely sad news. Dita Brummer died this past week. Yeah, isn't that a shock? Soap opera royalty on Home and Away and then Neighbours. Yeah, I mean, I, did, I never watched it and even I know he was, you know, Shane of Shane and Angel fame. Yeah, he like he was in every magazine. Oh, yeah, Dolly Prince of Soap. <sighs> and just a lot of us wanted to be his girlfriend. He would, would, he would have been one of the OG TV boyfriends. A girl moved into my street when I was in year seven and she came from Castle Hill and he had gone to her high school, her previous high school. Wow. I even remember the name of his girlfriend at the time who I believe was Amy because she was famous in Dolly magazine (gasps) as well for being his girlfriend and she was just some Sydney school girl. That does ring a bell. (laughs) That does ring a bell. What the hell is wrong with this world? That poor girl. So just a big shock for the week, obviously, before his time, yeah. Oh, just really rough. And a lot of people sharing lovely tributes. Renee, who's one of the writers on the show, tweeted, Dita Brummer saved our ass on Neighbours when a massive story had to be completely replotted at the last minute. Turned out to be a much better story thanks to the character he brought to life. Such sad news. Really sad, but it's nice that we're hearing so many examples of what he brought to a set and what he brought to a workplace. Yeah. And he actually made Callum's father a memorable character. Yeah, and really fleshed out that whole family backstory. Yeah. Vale, Dita Brummer, very sad news, but let's do a change of pace. Yes. Now, did you see Lucinda Cowden's tweet this week? Yes, because I'm. she's all over the socials and I'm loving this from Melanie yeah. Pearson. She tweeted that she just had her second AstraZeneca jab, much like myself, and the perfect blend had the best dad joke ever. They just replied with, Oxford graduate. And I was like, yeah. See, this is the rebrand Astra needed because it's having a, a much maligned marketing campaign in Australia. Yeah. And calling vaccinated AZ people Oxford graduates is really going to turn the numbers around, I reckon. Oh, my God. When I told my dad, he was just like, 
Yes. It's like a built-in dad joke. It's fantastic. Also, welcome new member to the Neighbours Council on Facebook, Holly. Uh, listens to us at UK Pace on Saturday mornings whilst walking her Boston Terrier, which gave me visions of Mrs. Punt, even though I think that's the wrong dog breed. But Yeah, I'm not 100% sure whether it's a Boston Terrier or a French Bulldog, but I think, I think they're pretty similar looking dogs. No offence, canines. And no offence, Holly, you work Mrs. Punt vibes because she's a queen. Oh, and that reminds me, on the Neighbours Council, people who love Mrs. Punt and aren't offended by a lot of swearing, um, <laughs> should look at a post I made a couple of weeks ago Yeah, because Sally Ann Upton is in a viral video and um, it's hysterical. But, yeah, not for that easily offended. So you're doing business with you. Okay, let's get stuck into our bite-sized week. But holy guacamole, they packed a lot into these four days. Oh, Yeah. I could not believe what was going on, especially by the end of the week. Like, I don't think I could have coped with a Friday considering where Thursday left off. Jesus. We, like, who'd have ever thought? Imagine telling Mrs. Mangle these things back in 1986. <laughs> she, what? What would Reverend Sampson say? I just keep seeing that Mrs. Mangle gif of her peering behind the door. Like, yeah. Oh, I reckon even the portrait would fall off the wall. Oh, she's, she's just adding pearls to that, to that elongated neck just to clutch at them. <laughs> so we'll rewind. Week commencing the 26th of July. The only thing we haven't decided in the business is what we're going to save to discuss on patreon.com slash neighbourspod, our trimming. I think we'll just save for Patreon Harlow and Chloe's employment situation yeah. at Lassiter's. Um, imagine that being told, like you're working your way up to the as the executive assistant, you know, getting another mm-hmm. rung on the ladder and then going, anyway, back to housekeeping, back in your box. Put, 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 your, put your chambermaid bonnet back on. <laughs> Little missy. So let, should we start off discussing this? Yes. Right. Here we are, July 26th. We kick off the week, Monday. Nicolette is still gone. Gone girl, dunno where she is. And we've left off on this attempted makeout. Leo's made the move on Chloe in the murder rotunda and she has KB'd him, knocked him back. Okay. Oh, I was going to say, is this, is this a reference to your partner? <laughs> yeah, she has, <laughs> she has had her Pfizer jab and she has been laid up in bed for three days with Manvax. That's, sorry, that's a very deep cut into my personal life this last week. My God, he could turn it on. Anyway, he's, he's great now. Oh, tell, tell me stories about your mRNA vaccine, please. <laughs> so, no, she KB'd him. She knocked him back. Oh, KO'd him? <laughs> she knocked him out. I would have accepted that too. She said, Leo, I've got a lot on my plate and I don't want to be with you and I actually do want to be with my missing fiancé. So- sure, Jan. <laughs> Not buying no it? No one believes that. No. She's look. She's had a taste of the dimples, and she wants more. She's just in denial right now. She she's she realizes she's really screwed things up for Aaron and David, and she's like, oh shit, I'm gonna once again in my life, I've got to fake it till I make it with Nicolette. So she's like, I can hang on for another few weeks, and then we're cutting it off again. Yeah, this is just the stupidest concept ever, neighbors. Which aspect of it? The surrogacy with no like she's the actual mother of this baby. She can take the baby and leave, as is her want. Why do because obviously okay, obviously surrogacy is an issue that is innately fraught with emotional mm. um ebbs and flows and like there's a lot to mine there for emotional content. I guess that's why soaps go to that well, or TV shows go to I mean, that well. But we had an IVF counselor. Yeah, remember we had the surrogacy counselor in a previous iteration of this ridiculous storyline. They would have questioned Nicolette's motivation to going to this because she only did it because she wanted to make friends, didn't she? And she wanted to be a part of Chloe's life. To reference Triana Butler, who was on the podcast previously, term of who's carrying the idiot ball. For this plot to successfully come off, you have to picture every single character carrying around the idiot ball and the idiot ball being up Nicolette's jumper as her bump. Like every single person because no one can just go into this with their eyes open and think everything's going to be fine. 
And because of that, I've really come down hard on my judgment of David this week. Oh, we see, because I'm, I'm the opposite. Because I'm like going, people have been hating on him online. And I just feel like that man has lost the final straw in his um, mixed metaphors. But <laughs> <laughs> it, he's just, he's just something snapped inside him and he's just gone, no, I can't cope with this anymore. I want, I wanted a baby. It's my baby. I, I need it here. And all these absolute fuckwits in my, you know, in the Brennan family have ruined this for me. I just can't sympathise with him because I'm like, you guys were dancing around your house in Aaron's sparkly hot pants. You had all your ducks in a row with your planned surrogacy and with your foster plan, then that went out the window. And then because you guys made ill-thought-out decisions. No, no, he was coerced into it by Aaron, remember? He was all like, oh, yeah, look, you, you don't have to go to Canada. We can just do it all here. Come on, boo. You know, and because he feels like he's not the one in the position of power in their relationship, so he'd do anything to please Aaron. He was coerced. But, you know, what if you say, hey, guess what? I can't get my swimmers going tonight, guys. So it was a nice, it was a cute idea. Let's try again tomorrow. I feel like Aaron would um would have made it work. <laughs> it's, I guess it's hard to fake. But no, no, because he was flying to, it was, it was meant to be flying to Canada the very next morning. Yeah, I just, I just. No, have some sympathy for him. Why? And I, I feel David is more connected to this baby than Aaron. And I don't mean biologically. I think emotionally he is. Like judging from his reaction, yeah. he's he's more emotionally invested in this baby than Aaron was. But I just think he is a grown, medically educated man. He had some agency. This, but we're talking about the guy who wrote out scripts for Aaron as well. Like it, Aaron's got a hold over him. Yeah, but it makes him do stupid things. But he does them. I just and I don't think like Aaron's not menacing. He's just a he's like a big Labrador running around. But David's just a sucker with no self esteem. Yes, yes. Um, I've already gone out on this podcast with the offspring recently. I can't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe because he's just he's been at eleven for months now. He's just been at this like fire engines coming out of his ears stage there's, there's like a blood vessel has burst in yeah. his head somewhere by this i've just grown weary of it you know when you're like oh, it's just no no he's he's still got my sympathy we're gonna have to agree to disagree but yeah that's fine i'm just you know it's really cruel of me but you know when someone just has a really rough trot and you're like and it's really tragedy after tragedy yeah. after tragedy and then you're like okay it's really rough but i just i need a minute i can't hear you're about exhausting. i can't hear about this is about me right now i'm feeling fatigued <laughs> Does that mean you've got sympathy for Aaron? No, God no. Okay, I was going to say because he's worse. No. If you, you had a scale of who's worse in this whole situation, let's talk. Oh. Okay, so who's who's the worst person in this whole thing? Aaron. Well, Paul for after last week, but I don't even care about Paul at, Paul at this yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. I reckon like, between David, Aaron, Nicolette, and Chloe. Yeah, Aaron. Aaron's the worst. Who's the the least worst? <laughs> um, is it is it Chloe? Uh, hang on, at least worse made my brain fuzzy. What do you mean? Who's the best? <laughs> Who's the best? But in reality, they're all the worst. Yeah, they're all the worst. Am I the asshole? Mm. Um, well, I don't want to say Nicolette's the least worst. No, I don't think she's. I, I think. Look, it's Chloe. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna put so from worst to least worst. Yes. Um, Aaron, Nicolette, David, and Chloe. Yep. Chloe is free to date whoever the hell she likes. Yeah. She thought a girl was cute. She was going through a grieving process and she got it carried away. She's still terrible. She's still yeah. terrible though. Like she shouldn't have got involved considering how bloody flaky she is and considering how, you know, Nicolette broke up her marriage. Yes. Every single person has terrible. acted badly. You're all the asshole. Exactly. And then Leo came in and he was a bit the asshole and then Paul, like it's just at every facet, someone is an asshole. No one has come out of this, you know, sympathetically. No, Jane is delightful. Jane is wonderful. Pure Jane. Yes, and hats off to Clive for um, accompanying her on the, the, the search. Yes. They've dug up a lead in Queensland because bloody cousin Toby, good boy, Toby. <laughs> Hello, Toby. Good boy. Good boy, Toby. He's come through with some intel. Nicolette has called cousin Toby asking if he still had his spare room and could she stay there. And fucking Toby, like, let the cat out of the bag. Let he lag up. Yeah. He didn't go, yeah, sure. See you tomorrow. 
at my house, Nicolette, hang up, hang up the phone and then call people. But he was like, yeah. oh, you should call your mum. She's looking for you. Um, I'll call her and tell her. Oh, he's holding the idiot ball right there, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, and someone was defending him. One of the other characters was like, oh, he doesn't know everything that's going on. I'm like, Toby, this is a missing person. This is a delicate situation. Have you watched any Law and Order? Like, this is just... Calm your farm. Yeah, odds on she's going to end up on the side of a freeway with her baby cut out of her, but she'll be saved right at the last second. I don't know. Never call again, Toby. Never call again. Oh, what a pity, Toby. Never call us again, please. Paul? Paul? Paul's on my shit list again. He is worried about Leo. He's like, oh, I just really want you guys to patch things up. I'm like, Paul? David's baby is literally missing. Like, yes, I have sympathy in the fact that mm. David's baby is not where he thinks it is, is meant to be right now. He does not have time for his dad trying to make up for his parenting fails with the, with the golden child son that he prefers. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously he's trying to. He doesn't like seeing his boys argue with brothers, but he's really has – have either of those boys met his son, Andrew? Maybe focus on, you know, extending out their sibling relationships yeah. here. Have they met Elle? But he wants them to get along, but he, do you notice he's only put out when Leo's ruffled? Oh, well, but, you know, we all care about Leo. I think he sees himself in Leo. Yeah. He's a bit of a go-getter. And also, like, he's he's got shades of grey. He's not like David, who's very pious. Yeah. Which is tiring because Amy was very pious too as well. It's, it's the angels and demons, the kids that come out of Paul. There is no middle ground. Yeah. There's an interesting moment on um, Monday where Tarage and Chloe are having boy talk. And then I suddenly realised uh, Tarage and Chloe are wang chums. Oh, no. That's disgusting. <laughs> because to- Chloe is explaining that she kissed Leo or she was about to kiss Leo and then they hooked up previously and Tarage is like, yeah, that's my ex. That's my ex. Yeah. Stepson is my ex-boyfriend. Yeah, that's like the um, same conversation she has with Piper. Remember that? <laughs> that's disgusting as well. See, when you mentioned this to me on, in a message the other day, like, oh, you know, they hooked up, my brain is confusing. I remember in reality Tim and Mavorny were friends on Instagram and stuff. Oh, and yeah, I think right. they sort of translated that relationship into the show and then they wrote it. And I'd, my brain would not allow me to remember that they had slept together. As yeah, and and referred to it in a um, secretive way as playing croquet. No, no, oh. Oh. knocked his balls into our hoops. <laughs> no, what, what? Okay. Anyway, familiar love triangles, obviously soap opera Taylor's oldest time. It doesn't worry me as much that we go to that well over and over again because you know. We can analyse that from any angle. Yeah, but Amy and the, the, the canning men. Yeah, but surrogacy, you just want to bang your head against a wall because yeah. there's, there's only a few ways it can pan out and they're not great because it's drama. Yeah. So Leo's confession to Paul is that he's made this move on Chloe because Paul's like, I told you not to do anything for at least a few weeks. Wait until the baby's born. Because yeah, because once you tell her after the baby's born, that's going to make no difference at all, seeing she's still the child's mother. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Anyway, we find out that Leo's been lonely. Oh, yeah, he was sad. He was lonely in New York. Just wanted some companionship. Oh, what about those dimples? Come on, mate. Oh, which reminds me, I was going to talk to you about his disgusting jacket. Oh, yeah, sure. Go. Yeah, go if you like. He's got like a, a black Sherpa coat on which is just gross and looks like some sort of surfy jacket like I don't understand why the, the sophisticate from NYC would wear this hideous jacket but the, the the worst part about it for me is that it's got random shiny patches on the back of it too oh my god and it reminded me of, of one of my teachers in year nine lovely very vague lady who um would wear her sheepskin jacket which she'd been wearing every winter since about 1977 and she never washed her hair as well <gasps> and her shoulders on the sheepskin on the back that was a tan jacket it was like dark brown and shiny that the jacket had taken on all her hair oil <laughs> and every time i see his revolting jacket i think of that poor lady and her disgusting jacket that that is horrifying that is an actual horror story there's this moment where like David throws all his toys out of the cot and says, having a baby with Nicolette was the worst decision of my life. This is a nightmare. Having a baby with Nicolette is the worst decision of my life. 
that might even be the quote that opens the episode. But Good work, dickhead. <laughs> the worst decision of my life. It's like there were multiple steps to that decision. But also I was thinking about this during the week. You know, our theory that the baby father is, um, baby daddy is actually Ricardo. The um, Oh, yeah, I'd love that. The sex pest. Because at the time I was really suspicious, having tried to conceive baby Dr. Carl for a few years, I was really suspicious that Nicolette, even though she's in, what, her 20s and she's – Would know when she was ovulating. Young and sprightly. Yeah, would know that because, you know, it's not something you track unless you're actively trying. No. Or you might track in, in a lot of the apps, you know, they it comes up if you're tracking the rest of your cycle. It just, it's just there. And she's a nurse. But the fact that she got knocked up instantly, like instantly, mm. it's just so unlikely that it mm. to works like that. For a fluke. I mean, I guess she's young. Yeah, she's it. young and sprightly. Ugh, I just couldn't believe it to the point where I thought, surely not. Surely she's faking this. And now I'm thinking, well, maybe she already knew she was pregnant. That's how she knew she'd get a positive reading on the test. What, do you reckon she actually, maybe not knocked up by the scratchy man's son, maybe she was knocked up by the scratchy's man. But he was, <laughs> and then he died. And that should have <laughs> been her child's inheritance that. Ooh. Twenty grand or whatever, but he but he died ages ago. Those those maths don't add up. Time is is fluid in um, Erinsborough. <laughs> oh, can we talk about how the juiciest part of this storyline this week though was David going off the rails and harassing the hospital staff? Oh yeah, that was terrible. Where's the HR department? Surely that is a code grey when um the staff member is actually threatening another staff member. And she said that he's been calling up the nurses. And her yeah, no. trying to figure out what they know about Nicolette. So he and he goes up to the obstetrician and he's like, what's Nicolette told you? Where is she? Has she called you? And she, her, Dr. Hart is like, um, I'm not telling you any of this, mate. So back off. This is ridiculous. Yeah. No, no. Disgusting. He's a loose cannon at the moment. He shouldn't be at work because he's, yeah. But, you, you know, I was, I was actually chatting with my husband about this and I was like, so could David just look up Nicolette's patient records <gasps> right now? And um, and he said yes, he could. But if she's flagged her records with, you know, that they're meant to be private, then it would be alerted to the um IT department that that he'd accessed it and he would be sacked. Straight oh, great, away. great. I was going to be like, that'd be a great plot point, but no. And then so I was like, so what happens if she hasn't made it private? Is it likely to be picked up? And he's like, probably not. So there you go. But she would have. She's savvy enough that she would have locked that down. Especially with her shady past, especially because Carl was digging around, you know, ages ago. She worked there as well. I think if I was having a baby somewhere where I'd worked, I'd be like, no, let's let's keep this on the, you know, keep. I don't want like random old the old mole I used to know in the tea room. I don't want her looking up what's going on with me. Or um that um that badass nurse unit manager. Oh yeah, <laughs> Abby Holmes's character. I can I can picture her face. Um, so David's having this sook, and Carl's like, look. Take it from someone who's caused a lot of damage in that hospital. <laughs> Take some time off. And there was an awesome rant from Aaron, I thought. As, as much as Aaron is no good at the moment, he's just an amazing rant, like, about how dare you assume that, that this isn't painful for me as well, just because I'm not showing it. Do you not understand anything? Are you for real? Do you really think I'm not as stressed and scared about this situation as you? Is that way just calmly folding laundry? Listen, I, I am trying to manage this situation rationally and carefully. Right? That does not mean I don't care about bringing Nick and our baby home. Feels like it. And you know what? You running yourself into the ground is a waste of time. You're only making things worse. And by the time we do find Nicolette, you're going to be way too exhausted to salvage any kind of relationship we have left with the mother of our child. Uh, I don't know. You're pretty dumb, mate. <laughs> I, I, I don't think you, the implications of this have really hit you. <laughs> I think... Well, it's pretty simple for him. It's like, baby, you're not here. Baby here, like baby him. not here. Pretty simple. <laughs> simple kind of guy. Oh, and speaking of Aaron, um, that reminds me, a woman I used to work with often posts her workouts from the gym she goes to. Snore. Yeah, but what always gets my attention is that the gym's called The Woodshed. <laughs> and then so I just looked it up and guess who owns The Woodshed? Who? Sam Wood, who was? Oh, The Bachelor. Yeah, The Bachelor. Of course he was. Was he the yeah. second Bachelor? Yeah, so after um, Neighbours' own old mate. Yeah, Tim. Tim, Tim um, that's it. The Woodshed. I really want to say I really, I really want to say the name of a gym near me, but I don't know if it's going to make people triangulate where I live or if I'm small fry enough, it doesn't matter. 
It's it's called the pit. Oh, geez, that sounds disgusting. And it looks menacing, like the signage all around it. It's like big, big masculine lettering, like the pit. And I always say to KB, you're trying to go work out there. Like they'll probably eat you alive. And it's it's right near the station, the train station. So, again, right. it's just nowhere you want to be after hours working out. The pit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't know. Just, just hit them up, see if they, they'll sponsor our show. <laughs> Do you guys have <laughs> – do you guys have any female personal trainers? <laughs> I've got a podcast. And I think it really hit your demographic. Do you guys do Zumba classes? <laughs> oh, yeah, we do Zumba every Tuesday. I think we're thirsty for some gym content from Aaron because we just like. Not really, to be give honest. Give us some shed. Move those big ropes around. I think like Nicolette had plans to do, I think he isn't he going to be the stay-at-home dad with the young baby? Sounds like he and Nicolette were going to do some stay-at-home parenting. Because that was going to go well, really, wasn't it? So everything's still, oh, Mr. Hart, what a mess with that household. Oh, Mr. Hart, what a mess! But now with Nicolette gone, who's on the case to track him down? Oh, Kate's fave! John Wong, John Wong, what you going to do? What you gonna do when he comes for you? John Wong. John Wong never goes wrong. We haven't seen him yet, Kate. This is Paul's PI. We haven't seen him. They're teasing us just like with Honga, except we do that do know that John Wong exists, of course. And he's he's got a great attitude. He's just no nonsense, gets it done. Gets shit done, mate. He finds people. Um, so he's on the case to find her. I'm sure he will. John Wong never go wrong. No. Okay, so there's a few things left on the docket. To get yep. to, we need to discuss the, the Bukes. Oh, the Bukes. And then we've got to get rebuked, okay? And then we've got to get to the throuple. Well, okay. we've got to leave that to the end. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. of course, of course. It's okay. a quick, quick dose of, of rebuking right here. But the Bukes, it's, it's just a name that, in this case, they said it over and over again, and it wasn't getting stuck in my crawl like Mitch and Nelson was. Mitch and Nelson, Mitch and Nelson, Mitch and Nelson. But they kept saying, Justin Buke, Justin Buke. Is Buke a surname? I mean, I'm sure everything's a surname. Anyway, coups have put their judgy hats on big time here, haven't they? they are. Yeah, so why have we heard of this man? So Melanie's applying for a new job and she gets her CV out at Harold's to show to Mackenzie and Mackenzie's like, why is it only one page long? You've had a heap of great jobs. You worked for Justin Buke. And also, OK Boomer, always carrying around her on-paper CV at a moment's notice. Oh, but don't, don't judge her, man. <laughs> look, I'm no good on her. Like, who's EAing for Toadie at the moment? Because maybe that's where Harlow should be. Well, Melanie is um, Toadie's assistant, but she said she dropped down to part-time, so it wasn't as intertwined with their personal life or whatever. But come on, seriously, like Toadie has any clients. No. Um, there's a delicious scene just before – the CV chat happens where they're trying to go Dutch on the bill yeah. and then Melanie starts itemising everything right down to the last, you know, latte. So, Mackenzie, you had the soda water and the pulled pork roll at uh, $13.30 and Hendrix, you had a juice which was five and then a chicken pie which brings it to eleven fifty. Chody, you cheap bastard, your girlfriend works for you and you're not bloody shouting her lunch. He could have stepped in so many syllables before she got to where she got to. Mackenzie's your intern, so you don't even pay her. Good God, what a – and he has the temerity to call Carl Kennedy a tight ass. <laughs> so going back to Melanie's CV, so this, uh, yeah, Justin Buke, and my immediate thought, because Melanie was very cagey about why she had such a scant CV, and I was like, oh, she's made all this up. She never works for any of these people. She's, ah. she's just like – this is some sort of fantastical tale that she – you know, makes up to make herself feel better. The name Buke is rooted in the ancient Anglo-Saxon culture. Right. The name for someone who was a person who shared a fanciful, fanciful resemblance with a goat or a male deer. Oh. <laughs> well, he had the horn. Uh, maybe he's got a move called the Lonely Goat Herd. Yeah. Continue. And Hendrix was also sus on what was going on because I thought he came to the same conclusion as me. But no, um... Anyway, Mackenzie's all like, I'll go and pat it out for you. And it's like, great, great. Hang on. And how is the bloody intern the expert on CVs? How is she? Because when you're that age, you're like, what are you putting on your CV? You're like, I volunteered for my little sister's school canteen. Uh, I did work experience at the vet 
clinic for one week in, you know, like 2018. I did a, a trial shift at an ice cream shop. Like, what else is on there? I worked last summer at Macca's on the Ring Road. Cool. Thanks. Intern, what are you going to do with my 40 years experience? You can contact my um, my old manager, Justin. Um, yeah, look, I'm not 100% sure if he still works there, though. And also, I'm with Melanie. Keep it to a page. They're like, yeah. this is only one page. I'm like, a one-pager is beautiful. You exactly. want to shove all your achievements on there. To the point, concise, get the job done, go to lunch, let's go. Like, they, they, no. They, they could not give one single shit that she worked for Paul Robinson back in 1989. Because <laughs> that would be on the list. We do know a former job of hers. Uh, what delightful um, skullduggery, is that the right word, we got from the Kennedys? Oh, my God. So they started chatting about Justin Buke at home and – it was funny because Carl hadn't heard of him and Carl in many ways reminds me of my father who was an avid reader <laughs> of the age and a really good kind of just local knowledge and trivia knowledge. My dad would go, oh, yeah, Justin Buke, yeah, he's a barrister. He uh, he worked on the blah, blah case or whatever. Yeah. And my, my dad's not a lawyer. He just knows this from yeah. re- reading the newspaper every day. <laughs> um, don't you think you'd know? I think I would have heard of like a, a famous, yeah, it'd be at least in some way familiar. They make the news, the big cases. Yeah. So Susan has heard of the Bukes because his wife is Dr. Buke, Anna. She's a neurologist. Yes. And they've crossed paths because of the MS circles. And, of course, Carl, you know, he's got many medical circles. So he does a little bit of digging around what's going on with the Bukes and he digs up that um, Justin Buke had an affair around the same time frame as when oh. Melanie works with him and the affair was with EA. So Susan is now worried that they've dug up too much. She's like, oh, we shouldn't be doing this. Melanie's our friend. And Carla's like, well, Tony's more our friend, which I think um, is Excuse worrying. me, Coos. Your marriage is filled with infidelity. Jared, Rebecca, you banged your dead wife's <laughs> sister on camera with your current wife. Don't come to me like acting all bloody moral high ground about a bit of infidelity. I mean, to be fair... To be fair, that was technically assault, but still. <laughs> still. Like, come on, seriously. Like, the, this was a consensual relationship. Melanie was not cheating on anybody. Yeah, so your point is semantics. If you're going to say they were having an affair, mm. he was having an affair. Yeah, but also Melanie did essentially nothing wrong. She didn't cheat on anyone. It's all bloody Justin Bukes. Yeah, fault. that's what I mean. Again, back to Chloe. It's like she liked a guy. If If we're getting the correct end of the stick here, which I hope to God we are not, because – the only way that I can make this feel good mm. is if I am assuming this is a Me Too storyline in that Justin was a tool bag to Melanie and to cover up, like he say he was, you know, sexually harassing her or something yep. in the office and she's trying to cover it up to save her reputation. And also um, it turns out that Dr. Buke put out a restraining order against her and I'm like, oh, maybe this is, maybe that's, look, Neighbours has got bloody um, a track record of this. Maybe that's just the good old vengeful woman trope where she just made up something. To yeah, I didn't off. even. Yeah, I didn't even blink when that came up. Except yeah. I did blink when they were talking about a bag of prawns. I'm like, hello, and I looked up from my dinner. I was like, yeah. what is happening? That is that is old school revenge. That one. Melanie put a bag of prawns under the car seat. She stalked him. She'd be outside the house. Well, I'd had enough, and I told her to back off. She retaliated by breaking into my car and hiding a bag of prawns under the seat. I had to take out a restraining order. Needless to say, the smell never came out. Yeah. That is, that's old revenge urban legends. Wait, you mean like practical jokery? Yeah, no, no, this is... (laughs) Making things smell bad? Yeah, well, it's not. It's revenge more than practical jokes. Also, apparently the best thing to do is to get the little prawns and then to use like a spatula or something to open up the gap between the, the seal on the window and then shove them inside there. How do you um, know this? Did you go to a boys' boarding school or something? No, I didn't. But, I, you know, I have been on the internet now for, okay. oh, God, 24 years. And, and you <laughs> and, know every crevice of Reddit. And, my God, there wasn't much internet back in the old days, Vaya Pashos. There was Snopes.com. And, my God, if you didn't get to read all of this stuff, then – I feel sorry yeah. for you. Okay. But, no, yeah, yeah, no, you jam the, the little prawns, <laughs> <laughs> little frozen prawns down there so you can still get them in there. Yeah, you use, like, 
something to wedge open the, the seal and then give it a couple of days. A couple, couple of days. days. Um, yeah, not so beautiful, really. <laughs> Your car's ruined forever. Look, I've been, I've been triggered here for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons is it reminds me of when I was leaving my job as assistant producer at the radio show and the new girl who was going to replace me, Emily, was starting her handover and one of the stunts she had to be a part of on the show was they sent her down to Hughes's car, national comedian Dave Hughes, Mm -hmm. because he had a funny smell in his car and he couldn't work out what it was. So they sent this assistant down to the car to pick up with it live on air, she was on her phone, and she had to pick up random debris in his car and sniff Ew. it and figure out if that's what it was. She found an old coffee cup. That was the stink? A takeaway latte cup. You know how feral a coffee oh, cup smells after, I don't drink coffee. I guess, a couple of weeks? So it's, it's like old milk then, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's heinous, and that's what it was. So anyway, that's that's where I went back to with this situation. On a, on a side note, some days I'll pick up baby Madge from school and she'll get in and she goes, why does this car smell like Maccas? <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> she's like, she's ready to join her for police. She's like, I can solve this crime. <laughs> it smells like chippies in here. <laughs> dun, dun. What a fun time we had with the Kennedys though where Hendrix got wind of the fact that Carl and Susan had gossip and he's like, I'm yeah. bored. I'm a teenager. My girlfriend's at work. Like, I've got nothing to do. I want to know the goss. And Benny, Benny is such an asset to the show. It's really great dynamic in the Ken Den as well. And even actually even in the Brendan, like him and Chloe had some great stuff this week where yeah. she apologised to him for how she treated him with the Nicolette blow up. And But he the, he's such a great um, comedic foil. Yeah, and I was trying to think of straight man, funny man, what the third person is. He's just a great third for their scenes. Yeah. So he comes in, he tries to extract it out of Susan and she doesn't fall for his shtick and she leaves. She's like, yeah, nice try, wise ass. Like, we're not, you're not getting any out yeah. of me. She leaves. He tries the exact same thing with Carl and Carl falls for it and it's perfect. I am seriously shook. Who told you? What do you think? Oh, hopeless. Mm. How did she keep it quiet for so long? By not telling Carl, apparently. Uh, have you ever heard of something like this happening before? And how, how does this specific thing you have no idea what you're talking about do you please tell me susan just tell me i can't believe melanie would do that susan let it slip oh it's hopeless <laughs> given a track record i suppose it's not entirely out of character what track record well sleeping with the bosses obviously Whoa. and then the cat's out of the bag because colin de kennedy lets things slip oh, that's what he does shocker. and he has the gall to call Sheila Canning the street's biggest gossip. Oh, yeah, ridiculous. Don't don't make me laugh there, bloody Carl. Yeah, she quite rightfully threw it back at him. She's like, um, the reason people know is because the street's biggest gossip let it slip. <sighs> if it wasn't such an awful plot they were talking about, it would be even funnier. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep hoping that Melanie isn't a stalker. They called her a stalker. They did, which, yeah, again classic neighbours crazy woman trope, isn't it? Yeah, so I can only hope that they've all got half of the story, which they have, and then Melanie will redeem herself with the truth. Yeah. But I do do like your theory that he was having an affair with someone else and then Melanie was the fool guy. Well, my actual theory is that he made a move on her. Maybe he um, was, like, actually making a pass at her in the office and touching her inappropriately as men did in the 80s or whenever it was. Well, look, like we were talking about before, Toadie has a bloody intern and an EA. Surely Melbourne's top top barrister, Justin Buke, would have more than one EA to sort his all his business. And maybe she covered for that other intern. Like, look, there's any number of reasons. Maybe it was the Mackenzie of his office. Yeah, maybe it was an 18-year-old or 17-year-old yeah. even. Anyway, it could be anything, and I'm not gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment on this plot until it's resolved. But I, it was a, an interesting moment where coups were in a moral dilemma. Do they tell Toadie that they think he's made a bad match? And I do not appreciate the mental health shaming of Carl calling her bonkers. And so, seriously, get fucked, Carl. You had an affair that turns out was more than just a kiss with bloody mm. um, Sarah Beaumont. That was an inter-office affair. Yes, Trump supporter. And Susan brought it up, great like excellent touch where she's like, oh, can people not um, change if they've had an affair? 
there's a, a moment where they're like, oh, but with Toddy, all of Toddy's love life drama, you know, Rose, Audrey, and I'm like, and Dee and Sonia and Andrea and Dee. Like, I love how they're just cutting to the to the late season yeah. Toddy. Like, <laughs> you all know the Steph. other stuff. Yeah. God. God, that, look, if I tell you what, if we'd been podcasting or podcasted, podcasts had existed back then, my yeah. God, Toddy, he would have, like, been permanent holder of the saddest bitch in Aaronsboro with that storyline. <laughs> how about when Sheila is like, we can't let Toadie get together with another unhinged woman. I'm like, firstly, uh, a bit of a bit of appreciation for unhinged women. Okay, we deserve love too, right? We deserve love and attention. So back off, Shields. I just, well, I never. That's all I had oh, to say. Hang on. Speaking of Sheila, actually, if we move on to the the, mm. the, the, the cherry on the top of the neighbor's oh, cake this week. What a cherry. Um, I loved a bit of bonding between Melanie and um, Amy this week where, you know, Melanie basically pumped up her tyres and said, you know what, it's great to be a cougar. Yes. And Toadie Toady agreed. They're a fantastic duo. They get along as housemates. They've got similar vivacious personalities um, they both got a penchant for the younger dudes and it was satisfying when Amy then called out Sheila because Sheila was judging Melanie, uh, mm. Amy, for pursuing her grandson. He's as old as one of her sons, you know. And when she went to serve Mel at the bar, Mel's like, um, well, you're being rude to my friend, so <laughs> can you not? I like that. I like some continuity of friendship. Yeah. Because, because the complete opposite of that, the complete opposite of the Melanie and Amy friendship is the Ned and Levi friendship. Yeah, no, this, it's NQR, isn't it, really? He's, at one point, Ned's like, Levi's a mate. And I'm like, Ned, is he? Is he? You don't, you have not known him very long. Okay, he he was your girlfriend's workmate. You know what he is, That's Ned? It. He's a neighbour. He's a neighbour. He's your ex-girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. Like you put a massive distance between that sort of connection. You don't want to get involved in your ex-girlfriend's ex-boyfriend? No. So, okay. I don't know. I have no words. So basically <laughs> this week Ned's all, Ned's all like, hey, man, I'm, I'm having a great time with this and, oh, but I've caught the feels and it looks like Levi's caught the feels too. What if we just all made it work together? No, no, look, no, don't, don't you sum this up too quickly. Oh, sorry, need, sorry. We need to draw this out. Firstly, they've all been going on these Bachelor-style dates, which Roxy points out is very Bachelor. Yeah. The, they've been like skydiving and shark swimming. And, and ruining the hygiene of Harold's kitchen. Oh, okay, this is another dark day Ooh. for Harold's. I don't, think, I don't think Harold's has had many dark days. In terms oh, of, what, aside from the like the emergency tracheotomy that's been done in there? When, no, but that was very good. That was a very successful tracheotomy, Kate. <laughs> um, what about when the work cover poster man like held people hostage there a couple of years ago? I mean, there were no casualties. It's a good that day. That's terrifying. That was an actual gun in Ramsey Street. But we don't trademark another dark day. We don't often give that gong to Harold's. No, that's true. Like officially, in an official capacity. This week it got the highest gong from me. For another dark day. These are COVID times. You cannot be compromising the hygiene, the sanitation of your food preparation area. I mean, COVID is airborne. I don't know if that, that's, I don't know what, if they're doing anything airborne in there. Well, I just don't think you can afford any, any kind of shutdown. No. Well, even, even the, uh, the old 15 minute shutdown that they did <laughs> seemed ridiculous. <laughs> I love that they had that sign with the clock with all those time increments on it. That was a great touch. Um, oh, I, wow. I'm, wow. Okay. So, yeah, Ned went to take Amy on this adventurous day. It backfired. They ended up moving crates around Harold's. And then one of them, like, just looked sideways at the other and they're like, well, let's, we're right to go. Everybody right to go? Yeah. We could go now. Let's go bumps and uglies. In the back of Harold's. Oh, Harold is a shiver went down his spine in whatever caravan park he's living in now. Harold just wobbled his jowls yeah. in shock. Oh, he Ned just started working there. Have a bit of respect. Yeah. And I know he's never worked in hospitality before, but learn. Ned, learn faster. He's free pouring cappuccinos like you wouldn't believe, Bea. <laughs> that's actually that sounds delicious. 
so they do the deed. It was quite saucy. I found the connection between them. But then awkward city limits when they come out of Harold's and it's open again. And then Levi walks past and the two of them look scruffy and their clothes are buttoned up wrongly and their hair's all out of whack. And it's like, hey, guys, what's going on? Who wants to hang out? You smell funny. (laughs) Has anyone been cooking up prawns? (laughs) Ned is like, let's have a drink. You don't have to have a drink with this man right now or at all. No. The saddest bitch. (laughs) Who? Which one of them? Ned. Ned. And does, does Amy have any chemistry at all with Levi? No. Look, he has a great body. And everyone's doing a lot of heavy lifting saying, Levi's got feelings for Amy too. I'm like, does he? Does he though? I don't think he actually does. No. He's got the horn for her. Levi's just looking for fun. He's not looking for anything long term. Levi is not into that modern feelings-free palaver nonsense. Have, Have we, hang on, have Levi and Roxy ever explored anything? I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to do some maths to see if they're related or anything. Yeah, I know. That's. So I always forget that yeah. Ned and Roxy are related because I'm like, oh, they'd be a good couple. I actually thought his drink he had with Harlow was quite sweet, and they everyone thought they slept together because he. But he just cried in the bushes to her. <laughs> Remember, he got drunk and cried. <laughs> the saddest. Yeah, no. no, it's good for men to explore their feelings in a non-toxic fashion. I just didn't get any chemistry off them. I think Harlow's only ever had um, chemistry with Hendrix. Now we can get to the proposition that you sped over earlier, Kate. He calls a meeting. He called a special meeting of the Babysitters Club. I just thought that now might be a good time for us all to touch base. If you guys have to end it with me, then I get it. But don't ask me to choose between you because I just can't. No, I wouldn't. There is a third option. You go out with both of us. So are you, are you saying here that Ned is Christy from the Babysitter's Club? <laughs> he's, got a, he's had a great idea, Kate. Being the light bulb. I feel up. like Amy's possibly Stacy. Stacy. And um, you know who Levi is. Mar- Mallory. No, I was going to say Marianne. <laughs> no, Marianne had a very successful long-term oh, relationship. Oh, that's right. You identify with her. <laughs> no, no. Anne and Martin actually identified with her. I'm a Christy. Yeah. Hello. I started... The Neighbours Club, okay? <laughs> I always felt it like it was Christie's series anyway. Yeah. Maybe because I identified with her as well. So, so yeah, Levi's the Mallory. Or maybe that's pretty harsh. Maybe he's Dawn. He's got like alternative eating habits. I'm still, I'm still pegging him as the, the Marianne dork. Anyway, I've not read any fan fiction, so the, I don't know that they've had love triangle, that they've had thruples proposed for the Babysitter's Club. But Ned's proposing oh, 100% a thruple. 100% there will be. On the internet somewhere. Yeah, yeah, of course. Ned, he's he's gone, the polyamory. He's like, what if there's a third option? Can we not? <laughs> um, You know, I didn't mind it when Naomi and Pierce and Chloe were going to explore this territory. I don't mind it again now. I'm weirded out by it because clearly one, two-thirds of the group are more into each other than the other. Yeah. I just feel like Ned's just going, man, I'm just like, I can't keep a girlfriend. <laughs> this might be my only option here. I don't really want to be in a relationship with Levi, but this is the, the, the thing that sprung to mind. <laughs> They're already having drinks together. I just feel like, oh, man, what would what would Drab be saying at this stage? He'd be like, yeah, you do it, Ned. You, you go get that. <laughs> Take the opportunity by the horns. <laughs> it was a very Drab manoeuvre to have... Harold's kitchen sex. Oh, in the look, of the I mean, day. talking about like drab. And he had like bloody Therese and Lauren going on and bloody Beth Brennan all at the same time, basically. Oh, yeah, this is actually, this is Ned going, you know what? I got into trouble in my last relationship because I developed feelings for a third party yeah. or for a second party. I'm going to rule out any anything untoward and just go, let's just lay it all out on the table. Let's, let's lean into my Willis heritage here. Yeah. Make it work for me for a change. Amy is stunned and we all were and we all had Friday off to recover. You know something I was considering this week, Consider, yeah, because I'd remembered Pipes. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, Ned's brother to all those awful people. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just doesn't work for me. I don't believe it. Which part of it? 
that he is Pistori Josh's brother and he is Imi's brother and he is, well, I kind of believe the pipes part, but not Imi and um, Pistori Josh. Well, it's the power of the half-sibling. You know, you can you can take elements of just have, he look, he reminded me a little bit of Piper, actually. I thought they resembled each other a little bit. I guess I never really believed that the twins were Drab's kids anyway. I never believed that those twins were twins. <laughs> I believed that Leo and David were twins more than I believed them. Yeah. Well, how many minutes do you think this thruple idea is going to last into next week? Oh, I reckon approximately 30 seconds when, Le- yeah. when, when Levi, when they replay Ned asking it and Levi going, <laughs> nah. Nah or nah. Um, I reckon Amy entertains it for back in 15 minutes length of time. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But Sheila reminds us that Levi is not interested in a feelings-free Palava nonsense. And this Mm. is definitely Palava nonsense in her mind. Can't Sheila just hire some more hot barmaids and find a girlfriend for Levi the old-fashioned way like that through an arranged marriage? Yeah, or through like a bachelor-style competition. She could run Erinsborough as the bachelor. Who's Mr. Erinsborough? And then a whole bunch of suitors. Yeah, next next time they do another season of The Bachelor, get that tie in, neighbours. But also a friend of the pod, Brett Bowman, suggested that um, could this be the door opening for Ned Willis' bisexual king? And I say, yes, please. I'm all for that bisexual representation in the form of Ned Willis. Um, shall we do citizen or citizen? Okay. I think I need to run off the back of that and go, citizen, bisexual King Ned Willis, <laughs> you are opening many windows of opportunity and I salute you. Close the window to the kitchen and you live your true self however you need to, my friend. Kate. I've got joint citizens. Ooh. And that's Dacuz for being such <laughs> hypocrites when discussing um, – Melanie's alleged affair with her one-time boss. Yeah. Awful treatment. She is your friend. You went in and got a massage with her. Yeah. Just go have a chat to her about it. Well, we will check in next week. Maybe it'll be warm enough to sit in our cars or outside. Uh, hope you're all keeping well. Yeah, I was going to say, don't forget to become an Oxford graduate too. Yes, get that Astra. Kate. I am on Twitter. I'm at Remude on Twitter. I'm NeighboursPod on Twitter and Facebook, Neighbours Council, Vase on Instagram, and patreon.com slash neighbourspod. Thank you for listening. Bye.